What's up, guys? Welcome back. I'm Colton McCormack, and this is the Certified Wrench Podcast. Today, I am joined again by Trent Norton. What's happening? And on the phone, I got our buddy, Chris Hadley of Hadley's Field Service. What's going on? You sound like shit. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Well, I look like shit, too. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, I can agree. Um, anyway, I wanted to have my boy Chris on uh, because a lot of folks on here have been asking about independent and how to go independent, and they want to hear from a cat guy. So we kind of have uh, a little bit of both. Um, anyway, let's. Uh, I want to get into how I met this some bitch. Stop. <laughs> I'm getting faces from Trent over here making fun of me, but. Uh, Kind of like me and Trent, how we met on service trucks. <laughs> you fucking Not asshole. everybody looks like fucking Ron Burgundy <laughs> making a podcast. Uh, like me and Trent met on service trucks. We actually met Chris on uh, service trucks as well. And I had the privilege of meeting him in person back in 2019. And we had tacos. <laughs> yep. Took you to Taco Taco. Taco Taco. Uh, Do it. I don't know. Um, I was going to say where you're from, but then I forgot. I don't know if you were comfortable with that, but if you're comfortable with it, you can put it down when you uh, we're going to go into your background and how you got into everything and where you're at now and blah, blah, blah. You know the whole shebang. And uh, you can just tell everybody where you're from and what you do and, you know. But okay. uh, whenever you want to get into it, let's let's do this thing. I don't even know where Chris, how he got into it. I mean, he could say, for all I know, he could be Chris from fucking Zimbabwe, and then I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't know any any better. <laughs> what you got? All right, so uh, yeah, we're based out of Salt Lake City, Utah, but we cover um, northern Utah, Nevada, some of Wyoming, little Montana. Um, we travel, I travel all over the Western United States, but most of my guys stay local to, to Utah or close to Utah. Mm. So, um, yeah, just, uh, started out wrenching in 2011. Basically I was going to school, going to college and working construction and, uh, was burnt out and I heard about you know the oil boom going on in north dakota and decided i want to get a piece of it and uh went up there started out as basically just a shop bitch i was (laughs) 21 at this time and uh started there sweeping the well we didn't have concrete floors we had dirt floors oh sweet so you swept Uh dirt (laughs) so yeah i just started out doing dumb shit taking out trash fixing lights, easy stuff, and and uh, work my way up through the ranks. Uh, you know, the oil field is a revolving door, and there's people coming and going all the time, but I managed to stick around for about 10 months and then uh, decided to come back home to Utah and got on with an asphalt company. I worked, uh, same thing, kind of started out as a shop bitch because I still didn't really have any actual experience. Hmm. Would do, you know, take the trash out, help the field guys, do whatever, try and, you know, fill in where I fit in and all that stuff. And 
you know, got taken under the wing of a guy that I worked with. He's a couple years older than me, but he'd been doing it for six or seven years at that point. No. Oh, sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you, but you can't see me waving my hand at you. Uh, you said you went to college. How long did you go to college for? I went to college for like two and a half years, three years. Did you go for any of what you do now? Nope. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> I wasn't even, you know, kind of wasn't even really on my radar cause I was working construction and all that stuff. And I wanted a plush office job, hmm. you know, I where I thought it'd be warm and stuff all the time and could just, you know, <laughs> cool. Anyway, sorry, I didn't. I just wanted to catch that while I remembered. No, we're good. So yeah, I uh, I moved back home. Started with a local company called Morgan Asphalt. Started there, worked in their shop for about a year and a half. Um, and they originally weren't even going to hire me because it was fall and they slow down in the winter time. And they usually do. 40 hours a week and they weren't sure if they'd be able to keep me busy, but they ended up bringing me on and, uh, it was me and two other guys at the time. And I kind of, you know, one of the guys was quite a bit older and the other one was closer to my age. So we kind of, uh, you know, became friends and would hang out and talk truck stuff <laughs> and that shit. Hmm. And, uh, then, uh, yeah, it kind of took me under his wing and, he decided to move on to working for the railroad, which we'll circle back to in a minute. <laughs> and um, he he left, so I took over his position in a field truck, and I drove that field truck for three and a half years. Um, we didn't do major repairs just because our shop wasn't very big and we weren't really tooled up for it. What uh, um, What kind of shit were you working on over there? Mostly asphalt equipment, pavers, uh, skid steers, um, some loaders. Like, we had a lot of excavators too, but you know, like a lot of them were new, cats. so they were under warranty. So we didn't have, really have to mess with those. But every winter, we have to. At the time when I worked there, we had three cat pavers, some ten footers, and some. Uh, I think they're six or eight footers, and we bring them in every winter and tear them down and clean all the asphalt off and replace all the wear parts, floor plates, chains. Hmm. All that stuff. We'd have to replace the augers, fix anything that's wrong with the engine, all that stuff. Just get it ready for the next season. So we'd spend about a month on each machine, just going through it and fixing all the stuff from the season before. Huh. I d- I didn't even think about that. Do you do y'all shut up, shut down during winter out there? No, no. We're still. I mean, we still go. You know, fifty, sixty hours a week. More actually. Um. Yeah. Most of my guys are usually at sixty hours by Friday. Damn. Uh, just because we have a lot of stuff that's spread out, and so we spend a lot of time traveling, yeah, stuff like that. So, huh. anyway, sorry, I keep interrupting you. No, we're good. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, you know, we tear the pavers down and all that stuff, but I, we never really had really very in-depth jobs. Most of the time, they'd farm them out to the dealer, and you know, we just, you know, did what we could do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I worked there for about five years and realized that I was severely underpaid. Oh, for don't we? Have you know? we we've all realized, <laughs> realized that at some point. <laughs> when I left there, I was making like 21 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I think it's 
time for me to move on and I ended up going to work for another independent here in Salt Lake, but he mostly did truck work and he really only had one customer. And, uh, you know, I came on, I was like, kind of tell him, you know, we can't just have all our eggs in one basket. We need, you know, other avenues and stuff like that for, you know, if things go south or whatever, you and the customer have a dis- disagreement, we can't just be relying on them. Oh, shit. So yeah. I went out, <clears throat> went out and brought on all these other customers from other connections that I had, friends that worked in the industry or had construction companies, worked for construction companies or had their own trucks or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I brought all these other companies on and, at that point, that guy was paying me salary, which I thought was oh. fantastic. But <laughs> then I realized that I was, you know, I was the one that was out doing the work and he was at home fucking off or doing whatever. So I um, worked there for a short stint, about nine months. And uh, <clears throat> we, he lost his big customer and I was kind of over it. So I said, I kind of figured if, you know, I'm not really getting any younger. I might as well, if I'm going to try this, I might as well try it now so that if things go south, I can kind of recover later on in life and, hmm. you know, still, still come out ahead. Yeah. But yeah, and that was uh, 2018 when I bought my first truck. And then the, I bought from the it was actually a 650. That I from the Dude, local that thing dealer. Was sick. Was that a 650 or 750? 750. 750. That thing was sexy. With the, I kind of wish I still had it, but it was a 750 with like a 11 foot body and like a weld deck. It was more of a yeah. welder's truck, but it was in my price range. And for sure, you know, I made, I made do with it for the first year, and then I bought my second 750. That was, you know, more of a mechanics truck and yeah. has a 14 foot body and a bigger crane and all that stuff. And you, you still have it, right? Yeah, yeah, it's. That's uh yeah I probably won't ever get rid of that truck really. Yeah, how many how many trucks do you have now? We have six. Six, and that's including your uh, uh, lube truck. Yeah, yeah. So we have we have five service trucks, and then our lube truck, and our you know our lube truck stays pretty busy too. Yeah, isn't that what you were doing today? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was usually usually if we have somewhere that needs services done and. And then we also got to do some repairs, and I'll bring one of my other guys out, and I'll run the loop truck, and they can run their service truck, and we just knock all the shit out and get it done. Mm. So you you mainly run the loop truck then? Um, yeah, I'm pretty much the only one that will run it because you know my other guys are so busy doing other things, and it's you know easier for me to just hop in it and go because I can just transfer my tool tool whatever tools I need over, and then hop in it and go, or I rotate switch between that and my other my actual service truck hmm. gotcha sounds like a mess <laughs> i kind of wondered yeah, about that when, when he got the lube truck i wondered like if he did you hire a, a lube tech or were you just so soaked up with big dick energy you were like i'll run it i'm, <laughs> I'm an oiler too well i could <laughs> yeah i knew that it was a because i talked to um Matt and Morgan Youngberg, um, the owners of Wyoming Equipment Solutions, and they had had a loop truck and asked them, I was like, you know, is this, is it profitable? Like, you know, do you guys enjoy having your loop truck? And they straight up said, you know, the loop, our loop truck makes more on paper than any of our other mechanics trucks. Yeah, I've heard that multiple times, actually. 
And so I'm I've, like, I've well, that's a no-brainer because about... I know that if we have a lube truck and we have all these customers, and I'm like, well, you guys change oil too, so we'll just use you for everything. Yeah, so... that's badass, man. That was a, I feel like that was a pretty smart decision on your part. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's, <clears throat> it's not what it could be just because I haven't like that's outright nice. advertised like, hey, we have a lube truck, use us. Mm-hmm. Just it's. Uh, it kind of is a lot of work, even with a few customers that I do service on the weekends and nights and stuff like that. So it adds a lot to my plate. So I haven't fully advertised the fact that we have a, you know, a loop truck. Yeah. We'll, we'll get, definitely get into that. Cause I know, I know you fucking work a lot of hours, man. And, uh, I'd like to dive into all that shit at some point, but, uh, are you, yeah, for sure. are you still, uh. Did we interrupt you on your where you're at and all that shit? I think we did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember, dude. <laughs> anyways, anyway, you uh, you you own your own business now, and uh, I forget how you say six trucks and. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got a. Yeah, I hired my first employee in 2020, right at the beginning of the Rona. The Rona. Yeah, no, that was a pretty good learning experience um we've since parted ways and uh you know i learned a lot from that and i have three really solid guys now austin stewart is my longest employee he's worked for me for a little bit over a year and that kid is as solid as they come super super smart um you know he he's the kind of guy that rides for the brand and uh, does whatever it takes to, you know, make sure that he and the company are represented properly. Yeah. I, I follow him on, on the gram and I love watching his stories and stuff. Cause sometimes you don't know if it's going to be a machine or if it's going to be something stupid or <laughs> it's just he is, funny. A good, he is pretty funny. Yeah. He's pretty funny. And, uh, yeah, we kind of had a rough start when he came out cause he moved here from Denver. He used to work for, uh, independent shop in Denver mm. where his dad still works. And, um, yeah, he came out and I kind of, I'd followed him for a little bit. And when he hit me up for a job, I was like, dude, like, let's go. <laughs> Cause I knew it was legit. And, um, I just, you know, yeah. And, and he was already used to that bullshit ass cold weather that y'all have there. <laughs> well, he'd worked, he had worked in a shop though. He was never a field guy until oh. he came to work, for me, which is kind of why he wanted to come for me because, the shop that he had had the shop that he was at had a field sh- position open up mm. and the owner didn't offer it to him and the owner just basically sold the truck so he's like well i'm out like i don't want to be stuck in the shop doing um scraper retarders and trannies for who knows how long yeah. so so chris with uh with austin um based on what he posts on on instagram and stuff he's pretty well just a solid scraper guy isn't he yeah that's he's, really kind of that's, what that's kind of his, his main thing on, which you know we worked on scrapers but i don't have the same kind of experience as on scrapers as he does gotcha yeah like his first month here we had a scraper out of a 627f and it, it had metal all through the screens and was pretty well you know destroyed and he straight up just hopped in there tore it down rebuilt it and threw it back in and that was that and it's been running ever since damn that's cool. Yeah, uh, he, he had it all tore apart, 
in our customer's shop, and I was like, I straight up told him, I was like, please don't quit on me, because I don't know how to put this son of a bitch back together. <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> man, I never realized how how big those things truly are. Like, here in Texas, I mean, years ago, there was a lots of them running, but anymore, you don't see them as often. And well, you get up next to a 657, that's that's a big son of a bitch. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I worked on. Yeah. But yeah, they're big bitches and they're annoying to work on. <laughs> I don't think they're that bad. I, you know, there are some annoying things about them, but I don't really think that they're that bad to work on compared to some other stuff. Well, the ones I worked on, they greased like seemed like every six hours, <laughs> so they were just caked in grease, and I hated. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> sorry that this table just. Dong, every time you touch it, and he just set his beer down, and it fucking. Dong. So, so so Colton's got his shit set up in my shop, and I've got a table that's a chunk of one inch plate with some legs on it, <laughs> and it's a little noisy. So sorry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I. Uh, anyways, let's dive into it, man. Uh, first of all, owning your own business uh, is it a bitch? Yes and no. It's a lot of work, um, but it also is extremely um, gratifying. Uh, you know, when you're like cruising down the road, or you know, somebody sends you a picture of one of your trucks cruising down the road, or you have a customer that reaches out about uh, one of your guys coming out and doing a great job, and how hard they work, or this, that, and the other. It's you know, there's good and there's bad. There's bad, just like everything else, you know. You have like a lesson I learned with my first employees, you know, sometimes they're, they can talk a big game, but they can't really back it up or, you know, the copy and pasted, uh, their resume. From yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I got you. Huh. Uh, <clears throat> I was just going to say something. I lost my train of thought. Um, now it, is it hard I should, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but like, <clears throat> obviously it's hard for everybody right now to find technicians. <clears throat> Is it harder for a smaller deal like you to find guys over like trying to battle it out with a, a dealership on trying to get an employee? Like, you know, oh. they, they offered you this much. Well, I'm going to give you this much. Well, they counter came back with this. 100%. And that's the other thing is like, uh, um, you know, there's a sense of security, I guess, that comes with working for a large dealership or whatever, but there's also a lot of bullshit that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, I can't, I can't say that I know that firsthand cause I've never worked for a dealership. I've never worked for, I've ne- never worked for a dealer in my life, mm-hmm. but from what I see from other people, um, and stuff like that, it's, it can be kind of a pain in the ass to work for a dealership because there's so much there's a lot of micromanaging there's a lot of red tape there's a lot of hoops to jump through to do shit instead of just being able to get it done yeah no that's you hit it right on the head right there um now um as an employer uh do you supply your guys with like uniforms benefits all that shit yeah, yeah. So we have we have uniform services, uh, 
paid time off, holidays, insurance, all that shit. Um, really just trying to uh, keep people around because it's, you know, if you, I told one of my, um, one of our customers the other day that's a, a larger rental custom, customer or company, and I told him it used to be, you know, six, seven years ago, it used to be a privilege to go and work for a company um like say if you wanted to go work for the cat dealer if you want to work for Kwansu or mm-hmm. john De- whatever it was you know you when they're like hey we're gonna offer you a job you're like stoked or hell yeah but now it's kind of the tables have turned where you the company is more you know lucky to have you than vice versa because the job market is so hot right now that really, if you're legit and you can hold your own, you can pretty much go get a job anywhere. Wait, stop. Where are you at? Where are you walking around? <laughs> you're cutting out. I'm not walking around. I'm sitting here. Oh, what the fuck? Damn. You sound like you in a tin can or something, but... No. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> but no, I, we heard everything you, you said. You just sound like you were underwater for a second. Um, no, so, no, I'm just sitting at my kitchen table. So you're not, um, you're not underwater then? <laughs> Like I was saying is that I told my customer the the other day, I was like, uh, the company is lucky to have you and the employee needs to be treated accordingly. And I really just try to focus on treating my guys good and making sure that they have everything they need, making sure that they feel uh, valued and appreciated and making sure that they understand their value to me because yeah, like it's my name on the side of the truck, but at the end of the day, like I'm only one person, I can only do so much. And this probably wouldn't be what it is without, you know, my solid guys like Austin and Caleb and Hunter, you know. Uh, yeah, so Austin was my first employee, and Caleb was, uh, or excuse me, Austin was my second employee. Mm-hmm. And then we had another guy that was here for a short stint that was a welder. Mm. Um, um, that didn't really work, that didn't really work out, and then um, I hired a guy that was t- I hired the guy that kind of uh, brought me into the heavy equipment industry when I went to go work for the asphalt company. Um, he was my boss, and he left Union Pacific. He left the asphalt company to go work for Union Pacific, and then he left Union Pacific to come work for me. Oh wow. So it's it's been kind of cool to have that relationship with him, and we're also really good friends. We've you know been friends for ten plus years, and uh, the the great thing about him and Austin is we have a friendship, but they also understand when it's time for me to be a boss. They understand, or I shouldn't say a boss, but when it's time for me to be a leader or you know kind of put my foot down or tell them how I want things done, mm-hmm. they understand and they uh, respect my decisions. Sure. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. Um, I I know you uh, you're always posting. You know, you're hiring and you know looking for folks. It, do you have guys you know applying constantly or anything like that, or is it just kind of dead in the water, having a hard time finding people? Right now, it's kind of dead in the water. Um, like I've been trying to find somebody to drive this lube truck for eight, nine months, who, whatever, when I very first bought it, I was like, I told a, you know, I told myself I wasn't going to hire anybody because I wanted to see, um, how it turned out really. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be busy enough to keep somebody busy full time. And now it's to the point where like people are keep asking me when I'm going to hire somebody to drive it so that they 
can use it and I just I can't find anybody and I feel like I'm offering you know pretty decent wages to drive a loop truck and yeah changing oil isn't really that hard but you also have to be able to you have to pay attention to what you're doing and know what you're doing yeah definitely cause major damage man you know with that us as field mechanics I almost I almost feel like a loop tech needs to be more competent than what we are because what they do can completely wreck a fucking engine powertrain you know they they (laughs) need to they need you need to have your shit right and and keep record of it and know you know what's going on yeah yeah because if you put the wrong weight of oil in a certain compartment or don't put oil back in or blah 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 or put the wrong kind of oil in then you can have some pretty major issues you know with your trans or your final drive or whatever so it's yeah it's there is a quite a bit of knowledge especially when you get into some of these like uh articulate dump trucks and loaders and stuff where you have multiple differentials Mm -hmm. transmission power dividers or you know drop boxes all that shit there's there's a lot there for sure so chris with your with your lube truck do you offer any kind of uh like oil sampling that you provide or is that solely up to the customer yeah so um if the customer requests us to pull oil samples we we pull samples and send it in just like that we have customers that uh want every single service and there's other customers that don't give a shit Right. So, um, you know, generally we try to try to just pull oil samples just in case, um, just to kind of try and stay on top of any major issues, even if sometimes a customer doesn't request it. Yeah. Especially if, you know, a machine hasn't been serviced in a thousand hours or, right. Or we try to, um, try and help the customer out a little bit and, you know, take the extra step just to pull a sample so we know okay, uh, we got a dusted engine or blah, blah, blah. We got, you know, fuel dilution or cooling in the oil or an EGR that's failing or something stupid like that. And that's the cool thing about oil sampling is it's, you can kind of really detect just about anything. You can tell if your engine's burning coolant or if it's got fuel in the oil or if there's a lot of dust or dirt in the oil, then, you know, that you have a problem. Right. Right. Hmm. Right on. Uh, <clears throat> I am. Um, <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, uh, what you want to talk about now? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I, <clears throat> do you, uh, I, so I know you approach me a lot or I don't know if you approach any other deer guys, but or you, I think you you hit up Trent sometimes about commodities, yeah. right? No, I, there's a lot of. I'll be the first to admit there's a lot of shit I don't know. Yeah, and I ask a lot of uh, probably dumb questions a lot, but it's you know, I was always told if you don't know, it's you're always better to ask than to just yeah. fucking. No, for sure. I just uh, I was kind of wondering like, do are you are you trying to find like somebody that can work on a little bit of everything or if their specialty is deer, are you just going to stick them on deer or, you know, and if you're not busy with deer, like I need a guy that can work on that, but maybe, you know, go out and do something on this cat machine or how, how are you trying to work that? 
Um, you know, well, it's uh, you kind of learn people's strengths and strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. And you know what some people are good at and some people are not. Um, most of my guys are pretty good at winging it or not winging it, but they can adapt to whatever. Um, whether it be a cat or deer, Komatsu or Tachi or whatever, they can kind of uh, figure it out. And we have a lot of the uh, service programs that are, you know, make the job a lot easier so you can see how something is disassembled or how it's supposed to be put together, specs and all that stuff. So it kind of makes our our life a little bit easier. But there are times where I, you know, uh, the service manager doesn't really explain it all that well, and you have to kind of ask somebody that's done it or just figure it out yourself. Yeah, Chris, let me go ahead and uh, go uh, plug my USB in for my crystal ball, and I'll tell you what's wrong with this machine. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know what? Yeah. What Chris just said kind of kind of brings up a question for me. So, men, do you have? Uh, I mean, surely you've got some version of caddy t or cummins insight or service advisor what whichever it is do you have uh do you have the customer versions or is there some way that you can get the dealer versions of those of that software no through the dark dark web you can get whatever you want (laughs) okay okay i got you but you can't do as much with them though right um yeah you're semi-limited but you're still you still have way more capabilities than if you just had a customer version that's the other thing is since we're technically competing with a dealer's service department they won't they won't willingly sell you that kind of stuff yeah Um, right and they they know that there's other ways around it and you know if they don't want to take our money that's fine i'll just figure out a way to go around it yeah. Well, the, kind of the reason I asked that is I've I've seen what customer versions of Caddy T and like Volvo Tech Tool and stuff. I've seen what they look like, and they're complete dog shit. Yeah. I mean, you pull up to a machine and you you can start a service regen, and that's about it, and and clear faults. <laughs> For sure. I, I, I was yeah, just no. curious, you know the the customer version of. Uh, of Cummins Insight, I've never seen it, but I I can't imagine it's any better. Um, yeah, I've never really. I guess when I worked for the asphalt company, we had a customer version of Insight, and we really only needed it to do forced regens, right, on trucks and stuff like that. But now we have older versions, but we have right. full dealer, service advisor, tech tool insight what is uh what's tech tool the volvo tech tool it's uh, for like the their off-road equipment it's for the volvos the volvos <laughs> volvos yeah <laughs> right on that's anything else yeah Trent, Daddy? having that oh. kind of stuff is really uh it's not really even uh it's a necessity these days with all the new machines with tier four machines even some yeah. tier three machines uh, you really can't even do any kind of troubleshooting or anything without it. You have to have that stuff. Damn it! The fucking phone. <laughs> Sorry, man. You, every so often, it sounds like you're uh, scuba diving. I it's, wish just, it it's just a shop. You man. wish you were. My dogs are fucking freaking out. Are they? Tell them shut up. Um. 
So how have things been that way lately? Uh, you know, I know you, I, it's not slow, slow time right now, right? Is it since it's been snowing no, and shit? No, we're, we're still going full blast in the winter time. We never really slow down, which is some people's concern, but, um, all of our customers still going, go throughout the winter. We service several gravel pits, a lot of, um, excavation companies, uh, we have one guy that takes care of scrapers out at Rio Tinto for peed. And then, uh, you know, we just, we never really slow down. There's never a slow time for us just cause it's always something, especially mm-hmm. if somebody's running. Right on. You got something? Uh, yeah, actually that, what he just said kind of led me into the next couple questions. So you said you've got a guy out at Rio Tinto um, is he working for the mine, like actually on the mine site or just like a contractor that's out there? And then also are you guys yourself and your employees, MSHA part 46 trained? Um, so he is, he's out there for a contractor that is moving. They're basically building their building up their tailings pile or making it bigger gotcha. um, the contractor has like 10 657s that they run out there all six days a week so Damn. him and one guy take care of them and make sure that they're all up and going they also take care of um some 775s that are at the actual mine itself okay so are you are he he had a second on that are you uh MSHA certified oh yeah yeah um so me and austin are MSHA certified um but the other two guys have not i haven't had time to put them through the class yet just because we've been um so balls deep some of the pits technically were supposed to have it where they're at but if they just do the site specific training then they're good and MSHA can't really fuck with them and most of the time our customers are smart enough that if m is there or if they know that m is coming they'll just tell us to not come yeah turn right around yeah yeah um, yeah as, as you know m is a hundred times worse than osha and they'll just sit there and pick everything apart yep dealt with them quite a few times mm-hmm. um <sighs> god damn it Oh, that's my train of thought. I keep doing that, man. I don't know what it is. I think it's this damn up and down weather that we keep having. We had snow last week, and then it was 80 degrees all this past week, and now it's cold again. Yeah, we haven't gotten any. We haven't gotten any snow for like a month and a half. Where I'm at. Damn, I, dude. I, I honestly, I don't know how you, you guys. You and your guys do it, man. Working in snow like that and fucking having to start bolts with your fingers, and I don't know how you do it. Well, well what, I mean, what else would they start them with? <laughs> like where some of the guys are at, where Jesse's at in North Dakota, <laughs> negative temps are a pretty regular thing, and it's just one of those things that you gotta deal with because yeah. it's not going away. So you know, and even oh. you know, even about it can get cold too. Yeah. So. Do you, did you have something? No. Uh, so actually, getting into that with you, you guys being spread all, all over, how did how the hell did you find customers in all these different states like that? And I know you travel here and there. How, how did that come about? 
Um, well, like, so we have a guy that's out in Elko right now working with Alex, uh, over at DBM. They're Uh-oh. working on some triple sevens. Um, and really it's just like kind of, kind of word of mouth, but I'd also say, um, social media is, has been a huge, a bu- huge factor in marketing the business and, uh, kind of showcasing what we're capable of. That's cool, man. Because, you know, social media, Facebook, all that stuff is kind of where people see a lot of that stuff now because everybody's on Instagram, everybody's on Facebook at least one time a day. I'm on OnlyFans. (laughs) And and Christian Mingle. Yeah, Christian Mingle. That's where me and Trent met. (laughs) Farmers on. (laughs) Uh, And, by the way, since you bring up Alex uh, at DBM, tell his ass if you talk to him that I want to bring him on here as well. Yeah, I'd say him or Jesse would be. Oh yeah, I forgot like, about Jesse. Either either well, one of those would be. Guys were like kind of top notch, and when I when I very first started out, I you know uh, I really looked up to those guys, and I still do. They both run super cool operations, and they yeah. both bust their ass, bust their asses. Two of the smartest dudes that I've ever met. Um, I actually had a chance to sit down with Alex and his wife back in December, and we had lunch and shot the shit and um it was really cool to actually meet them in person but yeah both jesse and alex are uh you know i'd say probably the two of the top independent guys uh out there for sure yeah and we're speaking of alex and i don't know how to say his last name i'll, I'll butcher it uh, Is alex sursta yeah Sturza. S. yeah there you go and he's with design build maintain out of they're out of Elko, Nevada, right? Um, he's out of Reno, but Reno. they cover pretty much all of northern Nevada. Yeah, and then we're talking about Jesse Bode with the Bode's Field Service, right? Yeah, and he's up in uh he's based out of Williston, but he covers North Dakota and some of Wyoming and I think Ohio too. Whoops, dropped the name. Oh, Damn it, I gotta edit that out. He just stole a John Deere guy. <laughs> <laughs> I fucked that up. He just stole a, a John Deere guy and uh I actually I keep, I talk to that guy quite often. The, his name's Scott Kentrell. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, no, he uh I've talked to him a few times on Instagram. That's cool, yeah. He he keeps in touch quite often. But anyway, uh Bitness man, uh What's uh What's your whole scheme? What's your plan with this? With your business? What are you gonna grow it? You're gonna keep it what it's at? You're gonna retire next month or? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I you know I'm just gonna ride the wave as long as I can really because you know, um I like to keep expanding. I would, you know, my go my goal this summer is to find two more guys and really just um try and be able to take care of our customers better and that's the other thing is you keep adding guys and you just keep getting busier and busier you yeah. keep your guy to try and help with the workload and then the workload just like doubles <laughs> yeah that human capital man that's uh that's where it's at for sure uh, for sure uh so i, I know so uh, let's go ahead and jump into the next thing sorry to cut you off there but uh you're good uh schooling let's talk about schooling i know you don't have any schooling background but what's your opinion on that 
when I first started started turning wrenches, everybody told me that school was a waste of time and money. And uh, part of me wishes that I didn't listen to that, and then other the other part of me is like also kind of agrees with it. Uh, just like anything in life, school is what you make it. Some people gain a lot from it, and other people just throw I don't know even know how much tech school costs nowadays thirty forty thousand dollars down the train, and they don't ever gain anything from it. Well, um, uh, I was gonna say, well, if if you listen to the last episode, you know. I had Antonio on and he he actually I think when it comes to like John Deere and all that stuff if you go through their programs I don't think you have to pay for it yeah I think I think Deere has their program and then Cat has the Think Big program also I think those are basically yeah. like a um a paid internship or whatever and then at the end of the program they decide whether or not they're going to offer you a job um, but then there are also schools like UTI or Wyotech or yeah. um, the, I think there's one in Ohio too that I'm not aware of. I can't think of the name, but there are schools that do cost money, but a Spain lot of those are big focused on like over the road diesel bullshit yeah. where I think if you're, if you're interested in uh, working on yellow iron, that you're better off just going to, um, the dealer or the manufacturer and going through their uh, tech program. Hey, you tell your dog to shut the hell up back there. She's talking she's talking up a storm because she wants to go outside. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But, uh... Coda, knock it off. <laughs> that's that's going to make, make for a good episode. Talking dogs. His dog's been raising hell. Mine have <laughs> the whole time. Stop. Go lay down. Put you on your antler. <laughs> should we edit that out, Cattles, or should we leave it in? Real life. Real life talk. <clears throat> I'm surprised the boys aren't out here running around like chicken with their head cut off. <laughs> well, the fun one. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to wait. Something I like to ask all my guys when I have them on is... Uh, well, you work a lot of hours, man, and I envy you for that. But uh, do you tend to find yourself getting burned out, and uh, how do you work through that shit? Oh, for sure. It's uh, 100% I get burnt out, you know, pretty regularly just because it's <clears> – when you're running a business, it's not just turning wrenches. It's – uh, dealing with all your vendors and dealing with parts that don't show up and talking to all the customers and dealing with there's a myriad of bullshit that comes along with running a business mm -hmm. um, you know and there's there that's the other thing is a lot of people don't understand is like if I so even if I'm not driving a truck I'm always working whether it's doing payroll or sending invoices or paying invoices or trying to figure out the next step in the business or whatever. It's just, there's always something. And, um, it's <laughs> Jesus, sorry. something I'm thinking about today, uh, is, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's also very rewarding. Um, you kind of, uh, at least with me, I've been able, been lucky enough to build up, uh, personal and professional relationships with a lot of our customers and, yeah. um, their families and they know mine and, that's cool. Uh, 
there's a certain level of respect that comes along with it. And, you know, we both make sure that we don't cross the lines and everything's fine. Yeah. Right on. <clears throat> so let's talk CDL, man. Uh, do you require them and how does that work out in your company? Uh, so all of our trucks, except for we have a 550, all of our trucks require at least a class B, uh-huh. um, which has been kind of a uh, struggle, really, because most of, so far, only one of the people that I've hired has had their class, their, you know, their CDL before I hired them. Most other people, um, I helped them attain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Austin, I Austin had to get his. Um, Hunter is working on getting his right now, and Caleb already had his at the time, so it can it can kind of put a wrench in things just because um the smaller trucks aren't as reliable as the large trucks and they're kind of limited on what they can do yeah they're yeah there's a little bit less liability and they're you know better for running around and stuff like that but when you're out on a job and you gotta pull a power pack out of a scraper or something you know something that's above the limits of the crane that they have then it kind of puts a damper on everything because then you have to pull somebody else off of another job to come help them. Yeah, um, that, that was kind of, you kind of answered a question I had to, about obtaining it or, you know, having to get it uh, and you're willing to, I mean, if you got a guy that's qualified and, you know, wanting to come work for you, you're willing to help him out. Oh, for sure. And that's, that's the other thing is, I don't know if anybody else knows this, but um as of last monday the requirements at least in utah i don't know if it applies to other states but um to obtain a cdl used to be a lot easier you could go and take your practice or the written test or whatever and then you get your learners yeah and then i'm with somebody that already has their cdl and then you go take your driving test but now they're requiring you to take some three month long class and it's i don't even know Stupid how many expensive. thousands of dollars yeah. so there's a lot yeah i think that's uh, there's a nationwide wow. if i'm not mistaken <laughs> dude i felt like such a fucking idiot when i was gonna get my class b <laughs> i i had a hell of a time with the written test and that's the other thing is it all just depends on the instructors because we've had some instructors that are pretty easy going and just you know make sure you're not a knuckle dragon retard and then there's other people that <laughs> if you breathe the wrong way they're gonna fucking fail you yeah that it took me three times to pass my cdl test because it was just stupid shit like <clears throat> they failed me for going uh i was coming downhill and the speed limit was 35 i was doing 39 and you can <laughs> 69 bit <laughs> what'd you say that you should have been doing 69. I know. That's later <laughs> with me and you. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, everybody wants to talk about this shit. Um, so, we have to do a segment in each fucking episode, and I don't understand. But people want to talk tools, specialty tools, you know, recommended tools for if you want to be in a service truck and... <sighs> What you think? Yeah, uh, I guess it all depends on what you plan on working on. If you just want to work on over the road trucks and stuff like that, you could probably 
I don't think you'd really need very many specialty tools depending on how in depth you want to get. But then again, like I know that some of the uh, dual overhead cam Cummins and stuff like that, you have to have uh, specialty tools for the cams and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it just depends on <clears throat> what you're getting into because there are a lot of tools I didn't have until I started working for myself. Or yeah. even when we go to do a job, there might be um, a special timing device or a seal driver or something that we might need to obtain to get obtain to do the job properly. And yeah, there's probably some shade tree shit we could do to get around it, but in the end, it's not really worth it. So if you have to buy a four or five or fifteen hundred, even a fifteen hundred dollar tool just to make sure that you do the job right, then it's in my eyes one hundred percent worth it. And then later on, if you do have that same job come up again and you're prepared for it yeah and oh sorry trent's got something for you what chris what would you say as not necessarily even specialty tools as far as brand specific goes but what would you say your most versatile tool is that you use not necessarily day-to-day but between all brands for for me for me it's I would definitely have to say either like a high torque or a rad gun you know that's that's shit that a lot of people don't necessarily carry with them and yeah yeah and we have a high torque but we you know we rarely use it um, I think a tool that I use across all brands is um, really my computer. Gotcha. With um, I mean, obviously, it's not a universal program that I use, but my computer has Service Advisor, ET, Komatsu, whatever. It's uh, um, like I said earlier, kind of a required tool to have these days. Um, not only just for diagnostics, but also for disassembly and assembly and figuring out how stuff comes apart, how it's supposed to go together, that this, that, or the other. So, um. I'd say that is probably my, you know, I use that. It's always on. And we've even, even had some customers comment and say, hey, you're always on your computer a, a lot. And I'm like, you know, I don't know everything. And sometimes I have to look stuff up to figure it out to make sure that I do it right. So it's just one of those things. So go away. <laughs> yeah. Leave me the fuck alone. So uh, kind of bouncing off of that, uh, I remember when you bought your track press and I was so proud of you. And uh, <laughs> so, do you think? Because I, you you obviously jumped into doing track work and stuff. And do you think you'll ever jump into like uh, like a full like have a full time welding guy like line bore welding all that stuff? I would love to if I could find somebody that was legit and not just a pipe welder. I uh, I know how to do um, it, but I'm not moving there. It's too cold. Well. And people sit there and say they know how to weld or this, that, and the other, but welding on equipment is a whole different ball oh, yeah. game. Oh, yeah. No, and I'm just saying I know the line bore and everything. A so. lot of things that come with it um, that aren't just gluing two pieces of metal together. You have to know the process, uh, preheat, postheat, all that bullshit, yeah. and how to weld it and how not to weld it. Because if you, know, you weld something incorrectly, it causes you a lot of problems later down the road. I mean you can't weld an engine block with a torch 
Just kidding. <laughs> Obviously, the best rod to use on any weld is seventy eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> no, eleven. What is it? I don't 11, claim to be a welder by any means, but I, you know, we have welder, and yeah, it didn't work out that good. I got you. Yeah. No, I just uh, I've got experience all that stuff, and I can't use it. Well, you you see a lot of that the the pipe welder stuff, and that's no. That's nothing against them. Like they're they're pros at what they do, but you see a lot of that in the heavy equipment industry. Like, oh by God, I can weld anything, but you, you fucking can't if it's not a twenty four inch chunk of pipe with a seventy eighteen burning on it. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, I got you. Uh, anything else on tool talk, or you got any other opinions on it? Because. No, I just say uh, there there are places where it pays to buy quality stuff, and then there's other places where you don't necessarily need to buy name brand, especially like um, impact sockets. Um, you know, it's especially in the bigger stuff, you can get away with some SunX stuff and yeah, uh, off brand stuff that's still pretty good quality. Or um, GP, I have a lot of GP stuff just because it's a readily available and b it's a quarter of the price or half the price of snap on or mac or whatever and i don't have to go chase down a tool truck i can just go to (laughs) wherever i i gotta agree with that especially on like big wrenches and stuff yeah dude if you if you bend a two and a half inch wrench you either got some big dick energy or there's there's some (laughs) there's some shit wrong with you you know Sure. They're pretty. They're pretty tough. No matter who makes them. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, have... unless you got hooked on your crane, but then at that point, I mean, any wrench is gonna bend or break, so <laughs> doesn't really matter. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on porta potty or bucket? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't care. When I got a shit, I got a shit, and I don't care. I'll go for it. That's awesome. <laughs> I was just kidding, but that's funny. I it, it it does suck being a field tech sometimes. Not gonna lie. Sometimes you need to make yeah. a shit. Yeah, sometimes I make a shit. <laughs> god. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> so I we're about fifty four minutes in, something like that. Fifty something minutes. Uh, we can wrap this thing up here in a minute if you want to. I got a couple of personal questions for you. Okay. So, uh, I know you like what you do now, but, uh, do you, uh, did you have a dream job or what is your dream job or what was it? Or do you like what you do now? Um, I wouldn't say I necessarily had a dream job. I just, uh, kind of wanted to find something that I found value in and something that made me feel useful in this world today. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to go out to some per, like remote locations or, you know, even just in the city when somebody's having a problem, being able to sort it out and help them out and make sure that they go and do their job properly is um, ex- pretty satisfying. And I kind of, I tell all my friends that they're, other people that don't understand what I do and I just tell them I take other people's problems and I make them my own. Yeah. So I, it ain't much, but it's honest work. Uh, piece of equipment, 
has <laughs> broke down and somebody's stressed out, it is very rewarding. Yeah, that that's cool, man. Um, damn it, I was going to ask you something and Trent farted, so I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, I'm never calling you again because your phone keeps, or somebody's phone keeps cutting out and I don't want to talk to you ever again. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, <clears throat> as a private guy, private owner of a company, do you got any advice for, we'll just go with like the young guys getting into it, uh, and then any advice for guys that want to jump into it and go out on their own? Um, all I could say is if you're, <coughs> sorry, that's not correct. <laughs> um, all I could say is that if you're thinking about making the jump is just, uh, don't, uh, don't bite off more than you can chew. And then, um, nobody expects you to know everything. Um, pick and choose your battles. There's definitely been some jobs where we've lost a fuck ton of money on them because uh, we just, you know, weren't familiar with the piece of equipment or this, that, or the other. There's so many different variables. But, yeah, just uh, challenge yourself, but do it safely and uh, make sure you don't cost your customer a bunch of fucking money. Yeah. What about... Uh... Dude, you know what I totally forgot? Uh, you've got this deal going on, basically, where you're contracted, right, for this one company to install these attachments on these oh, yeah. excavators? Yeah, and I wouldn't even really say it's uh, contracted. Like, I, there's not a piece of paper saying that I have to do anything, but um, there. when I was very first starting out wrenching, I... Um, was really just trying to do anything to generate income and mm -hmm. make sure that data flow and stuff like that. And uh, one of my customers, a lot of you guys probably follow him on Instagram, um, Ryan over at Rock Structures asked me if I'd be interested in, you know, getting trained on them and learning how to do them. And I said, hell yeah, like whatever I can do to make money. So, Chris, so, would you say, would you say his, his, him doing that? I mean, he's got a kick-ass following on like Instagram and stuff. Would that, would you say that has helped your business as far as getting your name out there? I mean, because he, he gives you a shout out pretty often. Oh, for sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, no, Ryan. <clears throat> Ryan's also another one of those customers that I'm very fortunate to also call a friend. Um, right. He uh, he's been in business for a long time, and I really look up to him. Not only as a friend but also as a businessman and a mentor and he's you know he's been through it and he knows what it's like to run a business and so um no he's 100 percent uh partially well he's he's definitely responsible for the where i'm at now in the business and has helped me tremendously not only through giving me shout outs but also with helping me out with ncon because uh working with ncon also opens up a lot of other doors with customers that I probably would have never met beforehand. Hell yeah. He's the fucking Incon guy, man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's, oh, he's a stud. That's rad though. I mean, seems like you're the only one that's doing them right now. <clears throat> yeah, I know that like, uh, so I pretty much just cover like the Western United States. Um, I travel to Montana a lot, Colorado, 
Um, I'll be going to North Dakota next month. And uh, <clears throat> no, it's been uh, it's been great working with Encon. Um, I know that there's another independent. Um, I think he's in Maine. Named, his name's Tanner Follett. He's also doing them. Um, but no, it's it it opens up a door to where like if you go out, at least in Utah for us, if you go and install a tail rotator for somebody and they find out, Oh, you're a service company too. You do all this other work. Well, we'll just help. We'll just call you from now on. And it, uh, adds a whole nother avenue of income for the business and, um, connections and stuff like that. How do you feel about tilt rotators? Uh, they're, they're a tool and I think they're super awesome, but they're not for everybody. Like some people just abuse their shit and they're not for that person, but for the people that understand their value and their, um, their usefulness, then for sure. Like, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of our customers that have bought one and then shortly buy another one after. And I've never heard one of our customers say they wish they didn't buy it. Yeah. I would um, say like you know, obviously they have their quirks or their um, weird little things and that you know just like anything else they have issues from time to time but we always try to do our best to um, alleviate them and try and make sure everybody stays up and running. Yeah, what were you gonna say? If, if you were a if you were a hoe hand and you needed your bucket to tilt and rotate, <coughs> you're be breaking cool up because it'll tilt and rotate. It's not breaking up on our end, bitch. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you ain't got 5G. <laughs> I am fucking bumpfuck Egypt. <laughs> well, I think uh, I, I'm sorry that I'm so unprofessional at this, Chris. I, uh, I'm i still learning how to do everything. I'm super good. You know, I for, keep forgetting what I'm going to ask you, and then I'm like, oh, wait, we'll, we'll, I'm just going to ask you this now, and it just throws everything off, but I'm learning. Um, oh, I learned. I, I, we learned. In. Do you? Uh, we can. We can call it. Call it quits, man. Uh, do you got? Do you want to give a plug? Your. Uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of you or apply for for a job, because I'm sure you're gonna get some folks that are like, "Well, shit, I want to go work for this guy." Uh, <laughs> I know you've yeah. got your personal page on Instagram. You've got your uh, Hadley's Field Service. Is there anything else like email or? Give but, it to me. Uh, if you're, if you wanna, if you ain't a bitch and you're about that life, slide into the DMs. Slide into the DMs. <laughs> what he, what he's saying is, <laughs> we're bitches and ain't about that life because we we haven't fucking applied yet. <laughs> no, you guys got good things going, so you got to ride the wave where you're at. But yeah. I mean, both of you guys, I for now. Uh, Consider to be good friends, and if you guys ever want to make the switch, there's always a space for you here. Hell yeah, I appreciate that. What uh, so you, I don't know if you want to give out your personal Instagram, but just, yeah, look it, me up. Uh, so personal Instagram is cx hadley, and then uh, the business account is uh, Hadley's Field Service. I'm more active on the business account. I like to show off my guys and what they're doing and how they're uh kicking ass and taking names and all that good shit so um yeah no it's uh and they can reach you by email on there (laughs) yeah um they can email me but usually usually i just prefer people to dm me on instagram and then if they're legit and then i'll give my email and 
most of the time, once I do that, it's just crickets. Ah. They don't ever send anything. Well, I'll send you a nudie of but, myself later. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even hear me. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, that's cool. I, I'm going to go I lost ahead. You. Oh, I said uh, I'll, I'll email you a nudie of myself later. You breaking up? Oh, well, fuck you then. It's we're we're done anyway. Just leave. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> leave. You. you there? Yeah. Now that you can hear me, we're gonna say our goodbyes, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. I appreciate you coming on said podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm glad you can hear me now. (laughs) Uh, Trent wants to say goodbye. Later, Chris. Keep that thing on you. (laughs) Anyway, I really appreciate everybody coming to listen and all the follows. And we've hit our goal of 3,000 downloads. And uh, it just keeps on growing. And I appreciate everybody and their help and shout outs and you name it. But uh, if you need to get a hold of me, my email is certifiedwrenchpodcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on the uh, the Instagram. It's a certifiedwrench underscore podcast. And I am now on Facebook. So come check us out. And uh, make sure you share with everybody. And, uh, I think that's about it. You done? You done? All right. All right. Well, we out. You guys, thanks a lot. Peace.